Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Texans fans, mad or not, this is the Locked On Texans podcast, your daily Texans talking news show with John, some sports guy, Hickman, happy to do the show today. Along with his partner in crime, Cody Davis. And ladies and gentlemen, before we get things started, I got to remind everyone, if you are listening to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to leave us a five-star review. And please remember to subscribe to Locked On Texans on all your favorite podcast streaming services. On today's show, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get into some more free agency talks. As you guys know, over the last two days, we've been looking at some potential quarterbacks who are out there on the free agency market, given all the craziness and the shenanigans that's going on with Deshaun Watson. We talked about the possibility of them going after Jameis Winston. And on yesterday, we talked about the possibility on why Alice Smith or and Tyrod Taylor will make a good option for the Texans moving forward. However, at the end of the day, with free agency coming up, we have to talk about the defensive side of the ball, which means later on today, we're going to talk about a couple cornerbacks we would like to see the Houston Texans go after. And later on today, we're going to get into to a discussion someone within the houston texans organization have already started recruiting players for this upcoming free agency class and one of the players who have already been recruited is no other than earl thomas now ladies and gentlemen as we all know earl thomas and the houston texans have always been linked to one another and we all know earlier during the 2020 season there was reports saying that the texans were targeting earl thomas to bring him along for the remainder of the season but somebody i.e jack easterby did not want the signing to take place and as we all know Thomas did not come to Houston however with that being said we're going to get into that later on a little bit in the show but we're going to start with some major news that is not quite major news because we kind of already expected it and that's the news surrounding Will Fuller in the Houston Texans and it seems like Every passing day, Fuller has played his final game as a member of this organization. Yesterday was the deadline for all NFL teams to place a franchise tag on their players, and the Texans decided not to place a franchise tag on Will Fuller. Now, there's two ways you can look at this. One, you can say, well, damn. Will Fuller is really nine times out of ten not coming back to this organization, especially considering that one of his closest friends in Deshaun Watson also is trying to get out as well. And when you consider the fact that the Texans have somewhat of a solid receiving core when you take a look at guys like Brandon Cooks, Randall Cobb, and Kiki QT, adding Will Fuller to that list, regardless of who is going to be under center for the Texans in 2021, is only going to make the team even better. However, as I alluded to here on this show, I do not believe it would have been smart for the Texans to place the franchise tag on Fuller. Why? Because Fuller's franchise tag was projected to be somewhere in the $16 million mark. And when you have a team like the Texans who have somewhere between 13 to $16 million in cap space, that one franchise tag would have taken all of their money. And with the number of holes that this team needs to fill, especially on the defensive side of the ball, giving Will Fuller $16 million was not worth it. Especially considering the fact that this is a man at the end of the day who has still yet to prove that he can be healthy. This is still a man who has yet to play a full regular season. And then the one time he seemed like he was going to play a full entire season, the one time it seemed like he was going to finally be healthy, he get busted for PEDs. Which brings me back to my original point. 
Was the success that we saw in Will Fuller only due to the fact that he was taking illegal substances? If the Texans were to retain Will Fuller, I do believe best case scenario for both of these parties involved is just to sign Fuller to a one-year deal, maybe somewhere between 8 to $10 million, and give him another opportunity to showcase that he can A, stay healthy, and B, and most importantly, be a team's number one receiver. They cannot afford Will Fuller, nor is he a real priority for this team, in my opinion. And this is only my opinion. Uh, Houston also, just to give you guys some news, they also waived fullback Cullen Gillespie Wednesday as well. But to, to try to sink a lot of money into Will Fuller, the franchise tag alone would have been, what, $16.5, $17 million for one year? They can't afford that. You're going to dedicate that much money to him when your defensive back unit is struggling. Uh, you still need players to come in outside of the, you know, the, the Texans core in this free agency that can affect your interior defensive line. So you're not going to get too much. Well, maybe if Houston could, or maybe they should, t- you're not going to get any of that from me. You're going to get a good job. Uh, he had a somewhat successful ish career here in Houston. You would have loved to get him back, but ultimately it comes down to two things. Number one, if Deshaun Watson is telling you he's not going to play next year, Will Fuller does not need to be back. Number two, if you only have a certain amount of money that you have to use to spread out uh, against uh, for the entire team, and Will Fuller does not fit in those plans with the franchise tag because you wouldn't be able to afford him and fix other holes, then so be it. Goodbye. And, you know, we thank you for your services. But ultimately, overall, it's, it's over. He should not be a Houston Texan anymore. Now, with Will Fuller out of the picture, with a new regime, Nick Casario, and and it was also announced uh, Tuesday that David Culley will be speaking to the media on Thursday, the first time we've heard from David Culley in about a month and a half. With the free agency next week, Houston trying to do everything that they can to save money, get money back, and, and, and position themselves better than what they were at the start of this offseason. I'm expecting David Cully to get real questions. Last time we heard from David Cully, we didn't get no real questions. We got welcome to Houston. You know, we didn't we didn't really get the questions that we needed answered. But overall, at this point, do you really care about questions that have to do with anything outside of the field? Anything that has to do with anything that doesn't have to do with how can you improve from four and 12 from last year? So the free agency does start next week. And I want to know some of his position targets. And you're coming from a team in Baltimore that had a great defense, Nick Asperio, who spent 20 years in, in New England. They have religiously had a great defense. And so defense for me has to be one of those. And not to mention, Lovey Smith is also your new defensive coordinator. So defense has to be a priority for this team. And I want to know how he's going to attack it. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to this press conference on Thursday. I want to hear his thoughts. I want to hear where he's coming from, just so we can have an understanding a little bit more of a couple of things. Number one, who's David Cully? Number two, if we can get more of a clear-cut definition of where this team is going and if it's in the quote-unquote right direction. We have been telling you all about Bill Bar, right? The best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. 
Bill Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all of the bars. Now it's time to find out which Bill Bar is the best. It's Built Bar Madness. Guys, I got to tell you really quick to kind of break away from what I'm talking about, but connected. The Locked On NFL group has been going back and forth about their favorite Bill Bars and the fact that you have at least five different variations of Bill Bar that everybody is claiming to be the best lets you know how great Bill Bar is. Today's matchup is the Apple Almond Crisp versus the Churro Puff. I'm rolling with Churro Puff. Go to BillBar.com or at Built underscore Bar on Twitter. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order. That is locked on 20 to get 20% off your next order at billboard.com and check back to see who wants today's matchup and who will become the best tasting protein bar. Today on the locked on NFL podcast, there was a lot of player movement in the NFL on Tuesday. Who were the winners? Who were the losers? Get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the radio.com app or wherever you get your podcast going back to our original stance really quick on why the houston texans made the best decision by not placing a 16 million dollar franchise tag on will fuller it's because they need to make sure that they use this money in order to fix up this defense because at the end of the day whether deshaun watson is the quarterback or not this team needs to make sure that they have a total upgrade on defense last season you are looking at one of the worst defensive teams in NFL history. And you're talking about a defense that still had J.J. Watt, a healthy J.J. Watt I also want to add. And John, to your point, when you ask, where can the Houston Texans go to improve after a 4-12 and season, it's going to be hard, especially considering that this is a team that does not have too much draft capital with the draft less than a month away. It's going to be very crucial for the Texans to do the best that they can to bring in some impactful players throughout free agency. Now, let me just say this. Do not expect the Texans free agency to be a game changer. Do not expect for them to sign someone that's going to put them over a hump and get them back to championship contention. That's not going to happen. It's not like they have that much money to spend in free agency. Then you also got to take into consideration a lot of these guys who are going to be in negotiations with the Texans, they are going to have to want to come to Houston, considering the fact that this is a team that is not in the best light right now. However, if there is one position that I would say might need the most money spent in free agency, it's the cornerbacks. Everyone know that the Texans corners in 2020 is possibly the worst that this franchise has ever had. In fact, the only solid corner that the Texans had in 2020 was Bradley Roby. And all you have to do is go back and take a look at the five games of the regular season that the Texans had to play without him to understand how valuable Roby was to this organization. So knowing that Bradley Roby was by far their most qualified and their most valuable cornerback, that lets you know that is the one position where they possibly might have to spend the most money. When I take a look at the outlook of what the free agency class is going to be able to bring, the one guy I would like to see the Texans go after is Shadobi Awuzie. 
At the start of the 2020 season, it seems as if a woozy was on the course of his first major payday. However, it's unfortunate that he spent the majority of his contract season on the shelf due to a nagging hamstring injury. And given the fact that he spent the majority of last season on the shelf, I'm pretty sure nine times out of 10, he's going to be looking for a one-year prove-it deal to prove to the league that he is still the young, talented defensive back that a lot of people had their eyes set on through the first four years of his career. And to understand how good a woozy is, all you have to do is go back and take a look at the damage that he did throughout the 2019 season with the Dallas Cowboys. During that same season, a woozy posted an overall PFF grade of 72.2 and a pass coverage grade of 70.5. He recorded a career-best 79 tackles, allowing only 56 receptions on 23 targets. And to put that in a little bit of perspective for you guys, a Woolsey's 2019 season would have made him the Texans' best corner in 2020. Even surpassing the likes of Bradley Roby, who recorded a PFF grade of 71.6, the team's best. As of right now, his market value is set for $8.5 million, but after an injury plague season, I'm pretty sure that he's going to get a little bit less than that. And... At the end of the day, look, I understand a player like a Woozy is going to take possibly close to 50% of the Texans' remaining salary cap space. But given how terrible this team was with their cornerbacks in 2020, given how terrible this defense was overall, adding a player like a Woozy will only make the Texans' defense become even better, especially if they are going to try to at least be somewhat competitive in this upcoming season. So if he was to come to Houston on a one-year deal and things work out between him and the organization, Houston will have a foundational piece that they can build around moving forward. Signing Chidobe Owuzi will be a low-risk, high-reward for the Houston Texans. I personally do not see why Nick Casario would not make that call to get him in that Houston red, white, and blue jersey. The question of how much of the near $12, $13 million Houston has an available money to spend. Do they want to spend in free agency on the, on the defensive side of the ball is a very great question. And, you know, to look at specifically the cornerback position, I think that is, to your point, Cody, that's an area where Houston desperately needs to get better, whether it's by inch or a mile. They have to get better than what we saw last year, right? Nick Casario's first non-Texan signing came last week as Houston and center Justin Britt agreed to terms on a one-year deal that could be worth up to $5 million with incentives, but $3.2 without. But to the original question, I say majority of it needs to be spent on the defensive side of the ball, specifically in that secondary. Uh, now, Houston has to get Terrell Adams and Farrell Brown's deal worked out soon, but Houston has holes defensively and a lot of them. Along with Adams' deal being a priority, in my opinion, I think the team should definitely retain Gary Young Conley, who's a free agent as well. I think they get that deal worked out. Maybe a one-year $2.8 to $3.3 million contract with incentives. Uh, he should be stuck around for next season. There's also room for upgrading at that cornerback position in the free agency, and Houston absolutely needs to address that on the defensive side of the ball. Who's worth signing for a price that won't put Houston in a bind, Cody? And to a point where they're able to bring in more free agency. More importantly, who'd want to come to Houston to play for a franchise that pissed off Deshaun Watson? A very great question. I like a couple of players, but mainly Brian Poole, a free agent who spent last season in New York. 
The Jets just franchise tag Marcus May has a new head coach in Robert Sala, which means they may want to go in a different direction. Poole might not be high on the priority list. An immediate upgrade over Vernon Hargraves, I think we can all can agree on that, and along with uh, Philip Gaines, I also think he favors in Houston in this particular argument, argument due to his injury history. I don't see him commanding a lot on the market, um, which could allow the Jets to happily move on from him and Houston to happily pick him up. He has talent. He's gotten better over the past three seasons in terms of targets, catches allowed, and yards allowed. And he provided boost for Houston at the nickel position. Uh, something I've been saying, this team needs to get a boost at. They need to get better at that nickel position. They need a playmaker at that position. Didn't allow over 63 yards last season with a low of seven yards allowed against the Cardinals. His presence would do wonders for the team, but more importantly, adding him at that nickel position would definitely help out Bradley Roby, who is still Houston's number one cornerback on this team. Bradley Roby suffered from the lack of uh, talent around him at that cornerback position in the secondary period. And that's why Roby did not look as good as we expected him to look coming into last year off the year that he had previously. So he needs some talent around him. And I think Roby, uh, and I like Gary on Conley from what we saw his time in Houston, along with the possibility of bringing in Brian Poole, would do a great number for Houston defensively in that secondary. He's smart at that nickel position. He make plays at that position. Houston should definitely target him. And not to mention, Malcolm Butler was released by the Tennessee Titans. He was due $14 million this year. $10 million of that was dead cap, a dead cap hip hit to the Tennessee Titans. What would he command? First and foremost, Malcolm Butler knows Nick Casario. Malcolm Butler knows Brandon Cooks. Malcolm Butler knows Jack Easterby. They all spent time together in New England. And I think that would help Houston because if you want to bring him in, we know that he's not going to get close to $14 million this year. Houston can't afford it. I don't think he gets close to $10 million for this year alone. But Houston can look at a two-year deal and backload it for next season, or a three-year deal and backload it for the following two seasons and also uh, leave them room to release him if he doesn't pan out. Malcolm Butler is getting up in age, and I think Houston does want to get younger in a lot of different areas. Defensive side of the ball, they definitely want to get younger, but he's still a veteran who is a Super Bowl uh, hero, champion hero, a pro bowler in this league, and has had great moments in the NFL. A lot of times, like what we see out of uh, what we saw out of Gary Young Conley, some of these cornerbacks need a change of scenery, and he needs a franchise to believe in him. This year, Houston doesn't have a lot of money, but Houston could possibly set it up if they decide to bring him in to move on from him after the first two years. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are all in full swings. Bet online even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. Bet online has you covered for all of the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts with promo code locked on. 
Wednesdays on Locked On NFL take a dive into the future of your NFL favorite franchises. Tony Wiggins and James Rappian are joined every week by a Locked On draft expert to talk prospects in the upcoming draft and young NFL players fresh in the league. Get everything you need Wednesdays on Locked On NFL. Subscribe to Locked On NFL wherever you get your podcasts. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, a member of the Houston Texans, a new member, I might add, has already started recruiting Earl Thomas to be a part of the Texans organization. And that new player is Justin Brett. Now, this does not come to a surprise. As everyone knows, Brett and Thomas played with one another. They were teammates during their time in Seattle. And we all know that Seattle was the height of Earl Thomas's career. However, I hate to tell Justin Brett this, but... Earl Thomas would not be a Houston Texan in 2021. This is about what the third, possibly fourth time that we started hearing rumblings between the Texans and Thomas's camp. Now, to give you guys a little backstory on how this came to be, Earl Thomas posted a picture of himself on Instagram and Justin gave him a shout out in the comments by saying, come to Houston, bro. Now, for the 100th time. I would like to see Thomas suit up as a member of the Houston Texans, but given everything that has been going on throughout Thomas's career, especially considering the fact that this is a team, especially with Jack Easterby running the show, he is not unfortunately going to be a member of this organization. And yeah, but that's Jack Easterby's thing. Like he's, but he's he's not in control of who comes in now. Yes, he is. That's Nick Casario. Yes, he is. Um, I well, I I I, I want to disagree until I'm proven wrong. Nick Casario is running the show right now. Earl Thomas, who's won the Super Bowl, has been named the top safety in the league at various times throughout his career. A Texas kid. Houston is maybe to ballpark it. If you take Highway 90 at a certain time where there's no police out, you can make it from Houston to Orange within an hour and eight minutes. Got to do wonders for him to be closer to his family. He never got the deal done with Dallas. And it would make sense if you're still trying to compete. What safety on his roster is better than Earl Thomas? None. None and I, I would like time. to say this. I would also like to say this. Earl Thomas, if Lonnie Johnson will continue to be a safety on this team, and if Reed will be around, Earl Thomas could do wonders teaching these two young men how to cover better in the NFL, especially Lonnie Johnson. Well, John, to your point, there is nobody on this secondary, nobody, no safety on this roster who is better than Earl Thomas. And let me just say this before moving on. It always made sense for Earl Thomas to be a Houston Texan to the point sometimes it made too much sense. But what is the number one reason why it never worked out? They always start talking about him being a so-called cancer in the locker room and I think that's unfair I would love to see Thomas in the Houston Texan jersey once again but it's not going to happen because they value too much on character versus what these guys can actually do on the field maybe if they would have signed him last year you would not be looking at a situation where the Texans went four and 12 however with that being said at this stage in his career I kind of think it's a little bit too late for the Texans and Earl Thomas to start flirting with one another yet again because at this stage in his career what value is he going to bring to a rebuilding franchise? I get it, John. You actually talked about the possibility of him coming here and helping young guys like Lonnie Johnson Jr. and Justin Reed. But at the end of the day, and at 31 years old, I'm pretty sure 
Earl Thomas wants to play for championships. He does not want to be babysitting. He does not want to be playing for a team that nine times out of ten might not even be considered a playoff team. Yeah, but we're not asking what's the best for Earl Thomas. We're asking what the best is for Houston. And let's say this. Earl Thomas, who has thrown fits, fought players, the best fit for him could possibly be the Houston Texans. Something totally different from what you're used to. You are used to playing for either the Seattle Seahawks or the Baltimore Ravens. Both of those teams in the, in the past several years have always had playoff and Super Bowl contention, uh, expectations about themselves. You're coming to Houston after getting kicked out of both franchises, you know, basically. You need, if you want to continue to play in the NFL, the opportunities are going to be slim. You need the Houston Texans if they call you. So, you know, shout out to Justin Britt for reaching out to him and putting that idea on the table. And if you want to compete for next year, if you feel like you need to upgrade at certain positions and both parties have to know a lot of money is not going to be thrown out there for various reasons. Number one of which can't afford you. Number two of which well can't afford a large contract. Number two of which look at your history in the past couple of years. Let's get a deal done. Let's see if you can still play or not. And then let's evaluate what you've done on the field. If Houston reaches out to him this upcoming season, let's evaluate that and, Let's see if we can work things out for the future. Maybe you can retire in the state of Texas. I'm John, some sports guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook as well. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, it's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace. You are Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.